episode of the SDSU podcast is sponsored by Mars Energy Cream, the first ever topical energy delivery product. Think energy drink, but it's a lotion. It contains a proprietary blend of natural ingredients, including caffeine, taurine, and B vitamins to provide an energizing boost. And unlike traditional energy drinks and gels, Mars Energy Cream is sugar-free, contains no artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. If you want to try it out, go to MarsEnergyDrinkCream.com and use the code Andre, spelled A-N-D-R-E, at checkout to receive 15% off a purchase of a 50-milliliter tube. to the SDSU podcast presented by the East Village Times with your hosts Andre Hagverdian and Paul Garrison. Welcome listeners back to another episode of the SDSU podcast. I'm your host Andre Hagverdian. We'll be joined shortly by my co-host Paul Garrison. This is episode 97 and we are shifting gears to baseball. About Two months ago, San Diego State hired a new head coach, Sean Cole, who had been on the staff last year under Coach Martinez, who retired this offseason. Coach Cole has gone through hiring three assistant coaches. First one is Maxwell Boxcroft, who was a GA uh, last year at San Diego State. Two new hires from outside the school, Julius McDougal, who came from Georgetown and had a connection to Coach Cole at Eastern Kentucky. And uh, Tony Tarasco, who had a connection with Coach Cole while they were both in the Padres organization. And uh, if you'll remember, uh, Tony Tarasco, he played in the majors in the 90s, came out, started with the Braves in 93 and played uh, with several other teams, uh, Expos, uh, Orioles and such. And uh, it's uh, nice to finally for Coach Cole to have a, a, a staff in place. As they get started with some fall practice and player development and things of that nature, uh, it was the first time we had multiple guests on at the same time, and we had four guests on, but all four of those coaches uh, were on. Uh, so it was really cool to ask them questions and have them bounce answers off of each other. As you'll see, they've got they've already got a great chemistry together because of those previous relationships. And uh, after the interview, Paul and I will come back with some of our takeaways uh, to close it out. So uh, let's get to the interview. We want to welcome San Diego State's baseball staff to the program. This is actually the first time we've had multiple guests on at the same time. So it's a, it's a little different, but it's pretty cool. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining us. You know, we had Coach Cole on about a month and a half ago, I believe. Coach Cole, could you please introduce your staff and what their general role in the program is going to be? I'd love to. We'll start with uh, Coach Foxcroft. He is a SDSU alum, played here, played on the infield for us, also is from Southern California, played at Modern Day High School, had a stop at University of Oregon, and then finished up his career at SDSU. Uh, Max was a GA for us last year and is now elevated into uh, one of our assistant coaching positions. He will assist Coach McDougal with the infielders and the hitters and also be involved with our recruiting and he's also camp central so all of our camps are running through max foxcroft so if anybody if there's any prospective camp campers that are going to be watching this um, reach out to max foxcroft 
Julius McDougall comes to us from Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. Like I said, he's going to work with the infielders and the hitters, and he's also going to spearhead our recruiting efforts. And then Tony Tarasco is on board. He's going to work with our outfielders, our base runners, and our hitters. And Tony and I work together with the Padres, and I, I will continue to say this. I think he's, if not the best, he's one of the best outfield and base running coaches in the country. So uh, we're thankful to have him. He's also going to assist with with recruiting and assist Julius with the hitters also. So very excited to have uh, the coaching staff in place. We also, they're not on the call right now, but we have Brian Shubster, who was an assistant with us last year and worked with our catchers. He has shifted gears um, to our chief of staff role. And then Ryan Kirby, who also assisted with our Position players and hitters last year, he has shifted gears to director of operations. So those guys are extensions of our coaching staff also, and it just gives us more depth on the coaching coaching staff, and, and hopefully that equates into a lot more wins this year. You know, with the hire of Coach McDougal, the name, you know, Edwin Thompson came up, right? He's the head mm-hmm. coach of Georgetown, former head coach of Eastern Kentucky, where both of you guys were. You know, what was his influence to your both of your journeys as coaches? And, you know, did he play a role in uh, linking you guys up here? So Edwin and I met a long time ago. I'll tell you uh, just a quick story. Uh, Edwin was an assistant coach at Duke when I was an assistant at University of Arizona. And there was a a right-handed pitcher I was recruiting out of Northern California. And Duke ended up beating us out for that recruit. And Mm -hmm. at the the time – Duke was not at the level that they are now. So Coach Lopez wasn't real excited that we lost a recruit to Duke. So I decided I'm going to go introduce myself to Coach Thompson. I want to know, I want to meet the guy that beat me out on a recruit. Hmm. Uh, and that's really how our friendship started. And then it it grew when I took the USA job. I hired Edwin to come and work with the, the national team. And then Edwin and I had, he called me, it was around December, January after I was transitioning out of the Padres job and I was transitioning out of pro ball and wanted to get back to college. And that's really how that came about. Uh, me going to Eastern Kentucky University, Edwin was looking for a pitching coach and he lobbed it up there and, and asked me if I, if I had any interest. And then, so I, I took the job at Eastern Kentucky and Edwin and I have been friends for a long time. And that's where I got to meet coach Mack and we all worked together and, I'm sure Edwin's a little disappointed we're not all at Georgetown together, but the weather's much better in San Diego than in D.C. So, yeah, Edwin, actually, I was just talking to Edwin yesterday, trying to apply a little pressure to get him on the schedule to come out here and play us next season. Um, So he definitely had a lot to do with the connection that Julius and I have, and and Edwin and and I will always be be friends, and um, he's going to have a lot of influence just over me, and I'm going to lean on him throughout this year as a new head coach. He's been doing it for a while now, so and he definitely has camps dialed in at Georgetown, so we're going to pick his brain on how to run better camps. Yeah, yeah, and I've, uh, you know, I was fortunate. Uh, so I was the head coach at Stillman College, a uh, Division II program uh, down in Alabama, and uh, we had success. Uh, you know, those two years and uh, Edwin was looking for an infield guy at the time and he reached out. And so I was with Edwin for a year or a year and a half, uh, I believe, before Sean arrived and was kind of have been with Ed- Edwin for the past uh, six or seven years now. 
So he's been, you know, real influential in a sense of, uh, you know, one, he's been a great friend. Uh, you know, he's been a great mentor. But two, you know, just being able to to kind of lean on him on the baseball side and really his ability to uh, allow me to grow as a coach and as a person, you know, are two of the things that I'll uh, really take away from working for him. So all those great things that you just mentioned, um, Coach McDougal, about um, Coach Thompson, you made the choice to leave Georgetown. Um, and, um, you know, why was working for Coach Cole with the Aztecs um, the right fit for you? And why did you make the move? Yeah, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, just career wise, uh, you know, I thought San Diego State was uh, the next step for me, um, you know, just to uh, be able to move up in my own personal growth. Uh, but two, uh, just working with uh, Coach Cole, um, you know, him and I ended up forming a really good relationship uh, when we were at EKU and we had some success while we were at EKU as well, uh, which I, I, I think might have helped. And then, uh, uh, really, I, I guess just me and Coach Cole's relationship is is what made it easy to uh, come out. He's always done an outstanding job with the pitching. Uh, I've, I've always joked with him, uh, you know, his pitching and our hitting, uh, it would be a great marriage. And uh, fortunately, we're able to kind of make it work. And, you know, we'll see what we're able to do this year. Coach Trasco, a very similar question. Um, you know, your resume speaks for itself. I'm sure you had opportunities elsewhere. Um, but you chose to, you know, partner with this group and to, to you know, coach at San Diego State. Um, why is this opportunity something that you wanted to, you know, take advantage of? Uh, that's a great question, Paul. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on the show, guys. Uh, to mm -hmm. my staff, it's good to see you guys. Um, before I go on and answer that question, I, I, I'm staring at, Matt, at Mr. Foxcroft's name here, and I'm going, God, that is the most magnificent name I have ever seen in my life. Like, I can I borrow that? that is, I'm looking at I'm like, Maxwell Foxcroft. I was like, dude, you're a straight agent, like straight undercover agent, bro. With that, And then I also wanted to comment, um, Sean, I love your rolling backdrop and your, your fake office there. Um, did you, I know you roll that in and out. It's really just a white wall. <laughs> um, you know, I was, I was actually, uh, at home. I had kind of walked him. I didn't even say walked away from organized baseball. Um, uh, my son is 10 years old and, and this, and the sport can be a little grueling with the travel and being away from, you know, my son. So, but I've been home the last couple of years and got an opportunity to watch to play little league. So that's the greatest gift ever. Um, I tell Sean often there's only two people who could have brought me back into the game, uh, and he was one of them. And the fact that he was located right down the road. I, I currently reside and live in Temecula, California. Um, so having the opportunity um, where the travel was a lot less than the professional side, the time away from home obviously cut down tremendously, and the, uh, the opportunity to work with Sean again, who I got to know really well while I was with the Padres and enjoyed him as a coach and also enjoyed him as a friendship, as a friendship over the years. You mentioned there were two people who can you tell us who the other person was? Uh, the other person is Kevin Hooper. He's the farm director. He's the farm director for the Atlanta Braves. He was also an infield coordinator with, uh, with the Padres when we were there, we all kind of the tripod of us kind of spent a lot of time talking with each other. So but it's probably the only two people who could have got me back in the game. Cool. Coach uh, Foxcroft, you, you know, Coach Cole talked about your transition from GA to assistant coach. Can you talk about your journey the last few years here and, you know, staying on, on the staff after Coach Martinez's retirement? 
I'm very honored, first of all. I mean, um, I would say at the end of my last season in 2022, um, I kind of said a little bit earlier was last month, um, unconsciously, I started realizing I was doing some things that might assist players and kind of take away from my my preparedness or readiness for for competition. So that was kind of how it started. And, and about a month through it, Sean brought up the opportunity of me kind of getting into undergrad position and um, got into that over summer and and ran with it. And for me, I really fell in love with it. Um, I loved playing, but getting other people ready to play and win baseball games and outside of it was has been a great opportunity for me. Um, continue to grow, continue to learn, especially from, excuse me, Coach Cole, now J Mac and Tony. It's been it's been a pretty pretty unreal experience experience so far. And so back to Coach Cole, you know, same question, but in reverse, you know, you probably had a lot of applicants for these roles. You know, why are these three men the right people to help you lead the team for the future? Good question. Um, I, I, I went back and forth for a period of time. Did I want to go heavy recruiting or did I want to go heavy player development? I, I knew one common thread out of all the candidates that I interviewed is I have either current friendships with or, or long-term relationships, whether it was working or or both friendships off the field. That that continuity was very important to me. And, and that way also, so I understood exactly what I was getting when I, when I was adding to the staff. I may be off base about this, but what I've looked at is there's been a high influx of talent that has come through San Diego State for decades. And I'm still scratching my head about this. We've never been out of a regional. So so when I started connecting those dots and just thinking about it, I was like, player development is going to be a very important aspect. We're, we're, we are in the land of recruiting. We're in a great location, Southern California, and then especially being in San Diego, uh, we're always going to have opportunity to recruit high-level talent and get high-level talent in here. And if we can marry that with just teaching the finer points of the game, growing the culture, uh, growing the the understanding of winning at a high level, then I think we're going to be able to do great things and push out of that regional, get to super regional, and then compete in Omaha at some point down the road. So that, that was the biggest and most important thing for me is are we getting the right guys on staff that are going to be able to attack player development on the field and grow these these young men as baseball players. Coach Tony, um, talking about Maxwell Foxcroft, he also has the best nickname for a player I've ever heard. Uh, interviewing uh, Coach Martinez a few years ago, kept talking about him as Foxy, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure that you get any better than Foxy. Um, so he uh, he centered a conversation about Foxy to tell us his hitting philosophy. And this was Coach Martinez at Oregon. Uh, Foxy was one of the premier sacrifice bunners in the country. Um, that's what he did. That was, that's what he, and I said, okay, so looking at what you've done at state, that's not really a part of maybe what I, am I seeing this right? And he said, coach Martinez's philosophy said, you know, to look, to, to become a good hitter, you have to hit is, is basically his idea. So this is the question for everybody jump in any time. Um, what is your philosophy to the offense? And, you know, is some of that small ball stuff that, you know, is West Coast, um, will we see more of that? What are you guys thinking in terms of, of that? The the big thing, I guess, from uh, offensive approach wise philosophy, uh, we, we try to just make it really simple. Um, you know, the the execution of, of baseball is hard, but the game itself is simple. Uh, so so really just trying to simplify things. We talk about, uh, you know, 
what pitches to swing at. So uh, stay up the middle, hunt the belt uh, is a phrase that we'll that we use every single day, uh, you know, whenever we hit uh, really looking for balls that we can drive. You know, we not necessarily anti small ball, uh, you know, anti sack bunts, anything like that. Uh, we we want to steal. Uh, we want to go first or third. Uh, we're looking to score on a double from first. Uh, want to be very, very aggressive on the bases uh, is what uh, Coach Tarasco preaches. But also, right, if there's a runner on second, no outs, you know, just because the situation may call for a sack bunt, you know, we we want to get our guys in a position where we can trust them to execute hitting the ball to the right side and advancing that runner. And if it so happens to be a ball in the gap, right, that's just a bonus for us. Uh, so really just getting our guys to understand uh, the game of baseball and and playing it at its simplest form. Yeah, I'll, I'll add to it. And I'll work backwards from what he was saying about um, managing situational baseball. Um, the other part about what Julius is preaching and what he's trying to, the directive he's given to these guys is, as an athlete, we got to understand that our toughest competitor is ourselves. And in truth, most athletes set out on the field deep down, it's for self-mastery. And it is to master yourself both mentally, physically, and emotionally through those three bodies. And being able to manipulate the barrel at the plate in order to get a situation done, in order to hit the ball to the specific side of the field, is actually kind of Jedi. And you're handling a lightsaber up there. And you're able to handle the lightsaber in a fashion where you could do what you want to do. And you are using the force to create it. So that brings mastery to it. Um, the branches grow out from that tree. You know, they sprout. So, yes, we can lead into doubles. We can hit the ball out of the park the other way. So all of those things come into play when it comes to our athletes mastering themselves and mastering the game. Um, I will, I will concur with Mr. Mr. Julius and add on and take a quote from a former Auburn um, football coach that I often use with my base running is, we are going to bombard the opponent with so much pressure consistently that eventually they lose focus of their fundamentals and lose their willpower and start making mistakes. At that point, we will start taking over ball games. It isn't the look of running hard. Uh, that There's a romance to that, and it's very movie-like. But the consistency in which you are playing the game aggressively will eventually force errors on the other team, right? Um, our quote and our motto is, when we get off of this bus, we're going to punch you in the mouth with the way we run the bases. So we're going to couple that, and as we've been using this word marrying, that with our offensive strategy at the plate by swinging at good pitches, by getting on base, by moving runners, by taking extra bases, by moving up an extra 90 feet and scoring runs as often as, as possible. Um, a common issue for the Aztecs the last few years has been uh, sloppiness defensively. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. Uh, you finished 214th in the nation in defensive building percentage in the last few years before that was, that was a similar number. How does the staff go about improving that side of it? You obviously have a uh, pitching-minded co head coach um, who uh, you got to catch the ball, you know, is, is obviously going to be a huge emphasis. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess in, in, in my opinion, uh, I, and I'm a little biased, I'm an infield guy, 90% of the game takes place in the dirt. Uh, and so we, we have to be really good, uh, you know, catching the baseball and taking care of the baseball, you know, in the infield. One of the, the things that we, we do and uh, really that we work on is uh, we try to get our guys as many reps as possible at game speed. 
making sure that that focus is there every single time. Uh, we're, we're very exact with what it is we're trying to do, um, whether that's double play feeds, putting it exactly where you want to. Um, obviously, right, playing catch, throwing the ball across the infield, uh, but but really being precise and being able to to put the baseball exactly where you want every single time, and and that starts playing catch on the line. You know, when our guys are warming up, uh, middle guys, they're working on uh, double play transfers. You know, as they continue to work out to ninety one twenty, uh, they start to work on relay feeds. Uh, you know, receiving a relay throw, so it's constant reps constant action for them where, where, where they have to actually focus on what it is that they're doing. Fox, Rock, could you add to that? I mean, obviously you've had a little hand in this already. You can push back against the idea of the sloppiness or what it is. The fielding percentages is not necessarily the best statistic. I mean, sometimes, you know, you're making a, trying to make a harder play and you make an error, but you're really, it's really a good play, you know, or whatever. So, I mean, wh what do you see from that perspective and, and how can you push forward to, you know, do the things that Coach um, Julius has talked about. I mean, you can match, like you said, go back and forth with it from playing side to coaching side is is the work's always there. It's about the expectation and the standard that you're holding yourself to and we're holding the group to, right? We could take ground balls, taking a lot of ground balls through our career here. Our guys, I have, um, but I think the difference is, is the expectation level and the standard that they have to meet on every play, every step, every prep step is there. It's in place. Guys mess up, miss a throw. They're right there to pick them up. Whether it's us, the players, that culture is being being created to elevating the infield, playing catch, right? Like J Max and even Tony is. We got to simplify things. When we simplify things, the guys can understand it and they can put the physical with the mental. So that's kind of the transition we're seeing from that 200 plus ranking. We're going to go to the top by consistency, by having a higher standard and simplifying the game. A major role of any coaching staff is obviously determining playing time, right? Who starts? Who's the first guy in there? You know, for baseball and, and looking at those eight position players, you know, how is the staff going to balance, you know, between hitting, defense, and base running? Let me add to the previous question because that's what I was going to segue into is really us putting the right personnel on the field, I think, will enhance our defense ability. I, for us, everything that we're going to look for is going to be balance. You don't want to, you don't want to have a great defense out there and then you don't have the ability to score runs. So it's our job to develop and teach these guys how to play on both sides of the baseball and do it at a high level. So if we can create the most balance out of our offense and defense with the personnel we put on the field, that's going to be, that is going to be the priority. And, and Paul, I'll, I'll go back to, you know, you made the comment that I'm a, pitching minded guy I am and that's why I want that's why I brought in all these defensive guys to get the defense better it's gonna it's gonna make my life a lot less stressful if we can turn double plays and and uh make the plays that are necessary on the field but yeah we're gonna we're gonna look for balance and we're gonna coach from that that viewpoint of balancing out our players so they're good on both sides last time we spoke to you coach Cole you're you know kind of hot on the recruiting trail Working, you know, working on some uh, commitments. You know, we've seen some recent verbal commits on social media. You obviously can't talk about certain players or specific players, but overall, how do you think the recruiting has gone since he took over as head coach? Good. I, since the last time we spoke, I the shortstop that I referenced, he ended up committing to us. Excuse me, we beat out some Pac-12 schools for for him to stay stay home. We had another recent commit from a local 2025 catcher a 2025 left-handed pitcher. So 
like I said in the first interview, we're, we are going to focus on San Diego and then we're going to branch out. Mm-hmm. We actually just had a young man from Miami, Florida out here. So the core group is still going to be San Diego, high level San Diego talent, keep them at home. And then we're going to supplement from other areas of the country. We actually, I was just on the phone last night with a young man that's at a junior college in Arizona and he's from Japan. So uh, we're going to bring in, we're going to do our best. He's, he has a couple Pac-12 schools on him, um, but we're going to do our best to add to the diversity of our of our team and bring in a Japanese pitcher. I told him he's got to come in and he's got to he's got to pitch like you, Darvish. So he got a good <laughs> laugh out of that. I'll take Otani also, but uh, we'll start with you, Darvish. Now that you have a full staff, how's the recruiting priorities divided among the staff? Is it based on like in football? It's divided based on cities and regions. Is that how it works in baseball too? To a degree, we're a little bit different because we're we're going to ninety percent of our team is going to be California. So mm-hmm. we will split up, and we'll we actually were just talking about this yesterday with rotating um, in the summer with the events that we want to go to. Uh, like Tony said earlier, he lives in Temecula, so he's probably going to own that neck of the woods a little bit more than the rest of us, just for convenience. And um, he also has some some relationships established there already. There's a couple guys that I played with in college that live out in that neck of the woods also. So Tony is probably going to be the the point man for that area. I just, because of other responsibilities, I, I'm, I'm going to be taking on as the head coach. I'm going to do my best to stay in San Diego and have a heavy presence in San Diego. Coach McDougal will branch out a little bit more than that, but he's going to be primarily in California and Arizona, and then also with our connections throughout the country, which is another value add that I saw with Coach McDougal is him having established relationships on the other side of the country. Just because we're going to primarily and heavily recruit in California doesn't mean we can't branch out and and fill some holes with some guys from other parts of the country. San Diego is a very desirable place to be, um, so we should be able to attract talent from all over the country. Like this year, we have we have a transfer from Georgia and we have a transfer from uh, Utah. So we're always going to sprinkle in. We have a freshman from Colorado. So we'll branch out. But for the most part, we'll have a heavy rotation and a heavy presence in California and especially in San Diego. Um, the transfer portal is obviously a huge part of college athletic these days. You know, the timing of which uh, when you were brought on Coach Cole as, you know, as the head coach, you know, they were just kind of that window was closing. Is there a possibility that more transfers could be added to the 2024 team or is the development that you guys are doing here in the fall semester kind of make that prohibitive to to bringing them in? I'm going to use the word balance again. I think with our roster, you know, I I look at the the transfer portal as more of a a free agent market. So based off what we see with our current group, we're going to we're going to fill holes or if we need to pad with an older guy, say we have two young catchers and we need to bring in an older guy to kind of give them that veteran presence, then then we'll look to do that. I'm still a, a firm believer in that core group needs to be high school, developed, developed high school talent, local talent. I just think that if you have that core group, they're going to be more invested in San Diego State. They're going to be more invested in being Aztecs. They're going to be more invested in representing the West Coast in San Diego. So we're definitely going to utilize the portal. We're we're leaving some some spots open in our recruiting to be able to to go do that. 
um, like I referenced just a second ago, also, we're still going to look at the junior college ranks up too. We're not going to just focus on portal. I'm a Juco guy. I, I coached at the junior college level. I played at the junior college level, and I still think there's a lot of uh, valuable players that, that we could pull from the Juco ranks also. So we'll look at junior college portal, um, but we're still going to have a heavy emphasis on, on high school players being developed within the program. Coach Durasco, in the uh, press release announcing your hire, um, you said that you plan to focus on student-athlete growth on and off the field. Uh, one thing you were known for during your time in the majors was winning your team's community service award in 1994 with the Braves, 1997 with the Orioles. You were a finalist for the Roberto Clemente Award in 1995 as an expo. Uh, why is the focus and success off the field so important to you? And have you thought about, you know, what ways you can kind of bring that to San Diego State? <clears throat> Thank you. That's a good question. Thank you for the research, too. It's been a long time since I've heard, heard that participation in the game. Um, obviously, my leadership is driven by servant leadership, um, you know, as a as a coach and as a teacher and still a student. I, I'm always trying to serve. So whether I'm serving the ball player, whether I'm serving the community that surrounds it, uh, I'm just, I don't know any other way to be. And it makes me feel good. And I operate from that place. And I know when I operate from that place, I'm usually ethically, morally on the higher, on the higher ground and I'm working in the right direction. So hopefully we can, we can get into the hearts of our ball players, right? Because that's where the good ball player lies anyways. And while going in that route, we're going to bring out their, their sensitive sides and the sides that want to help other people. So hopefully we can get them involved in the community as well, but also um, just getting them to go within and, and find that confidence within them, finding that real charisma that lies within that, within that chest of theirs uh, where their courage lies. So that's where the juice is at. That's where the ball player comes from. That's where the resilience come from. That's where the champion rises out of. So as long as we stay focused on the heart of our ball players. Uh, keep them in a growth mindset, always trying to learn, always trying to expand their knowledge, both on and off the field, teaching them how to set their priorities, how to delegate time, time management, how to put themselves in a position to succeed, how to be disciplined, learning that discipline is actually freedom. It's liberating. The more disciplined you are, the more freedom you have. It's an odd thing, but it's so true. Um, so just passing those things along. I mean, those things have been around for thousands of years. <laughs> and I love, I love everything new about the world, but there are just some things I'm just not going to disregard because they've been successful for so long. And so hopefully I can pass those things along to the, to the players. Paul, if I can piggyback on that, the way I view the development of these, these young men on our team, that if you ask most of them, how many times have you executed a fastball down and away? How many times have you drove a ball in the gap? They're, they can't give you a number. They, they've done it a lot. So th everything that you just asked Tony about and that he just touched on, if we are able to grow these young men off the field also, develop them, let explain the importance of all the small details on and off the field, and marry that with their baseball ability, it's going to enhance their ability to be really good players, and then also prepare them for the next level if they move on to professional baseball or other facets of life. It's one of the reasons why we're going to bring in a lot of outside people to come in and talk to our, our young men. We're going to have some guy, 
We're going to have somebody come in and, and do breath work with them. We're going to have a mental skills coach that that has a lot of major leaguers that she works with come in and talk to these young men. Um, because of Coach Shubsta being on staff, we're going to go spend time with the Navy SEALs. We're going to introduce a lot of people um, in all facets of life to come in and, and touch our players, to give them different perspectives, different lenses to look, look through. It's not just working on hitting fastballs <clears throat> or locating fastballs. It's also developing young people. And the, the, the more that you can impact them as, as young men and people, the better baseball players they're going to be. That's just, that's my opinion. And I think our coaching staff is, is aligned with, with those views. You know, I'm going to come back in just on the talk show kind of narrative here with Sean, because Sean also added some motivation for me there. It's like, I mean, let's be frankly honest. That's one of the reasons I love baseball the most is because it replicates and parallels life so incredibly accurately. Like, you know, you have as many failures in baseball as you do in life. Like, and you actually can succeed in life with all the failures that we have. So first number rule, number one, we teach in our players, don't be scared to fail. That's right out the bat. We're going, we're actually going to learn through our mistakes. Right. And so that's part of the growth. Like, and also understanding is a motto in baseball and, and Julius can attest to this as a hitting coach. It's like, be honest with you, take care of what I can take care of. What I do about home takes care of the rest of the world. Here's the parallel between baseball and life. Baseball, all I can do is square that ball up at the plate. I can't always send it where I want it to go. And I don't know if the second base was going to catch it or it's going to go out of the park, but I can make sure I take care of how I hit it at home plate every single time. That also goes for our student. Like, you know what? If you go to bed and you pack your backpack the night before and you did your homework, when you wake up in the morning, you're calm. And when you're calm, you get up and you go to school in a better place mentally because you took care of home, right? I'm already set to leave the house the right way every day. Mm -hmm. Then when I walk out of the house, I'm not rushing to class. Now, when I don't do my homework and I don't pack my backpack and I'm looking for my keys and I'm running out of the house late, I'm having a horrible day at school that day, right? Because I'm scattered and I'm not calm. So again, that brings you down to one, slowing life down. And the best way to slow life down is with the breath work. And Sean's doing a good job of raising that awareness around here. I'm telling you right now, this is something that on the major league level, this is pivotal in every major league players. Their breath work is the same way a hitter works off a tee or the way a pitcher throws a bullpen. It is part of their program morning, noon, and night. Mm -hmm. Their inner work is more part of their program now than it's ever been. Marcus Stroman can attest to that. That man travels with a breath coach, mm -hmm. right? That is how important the breath is to the athlete. Then you slow down, then you calm, and you move in a different place. You're not stepping back. And you're not rushing forward. You are floating in a nice, great, comfortable place. And baseball teaches us that, right? Baseball teaches us we make a mess. We have we mess up. Hey, you got like two seconds. I got to get over. It. I got to go play defense, right? Not only that, we're playing practically every day. So you know what? I might go five for five today, but I better not go up here because tomorrow I might go over five and stink up the house. So we learn mentally and emotionally how to keep ourselves on an even keel. Again. Sean's doing a great job of raising awareness around that by having a mental skills coach come in and present not only an opportunity to talk to them, but offer tools to these guys to which they can all pick which works for them and put it in their back pocket. Awesome. Last question for you guys. You know, one thing that we talked a lot with Coach Cole on in the first interview is about the potential of the San Diego State program. You know, he referenced it earlier this in, the, in this interview as well. 
What do you guys think is the potential of the program? Where do you see it in five years? I'm not scared of it. Uh, you know, I think uh, our our potential is really as, as high as you can dream. You know, I think uh, just the amount of talent that's he- here already on the roster, uh, the amount of talent that we'll be able to bring in, you know, with uh, Coach Cole leading the charge, I think we, we're going to set our goals, you know, for the highest, highest achievement possible. Yeah, it's guys the limit, honestly. I get that. Bring in the players. We have, we already have the players. We're going to continue to bring in players. We have the venue. San Diego is one of the best places to be in the country, right? And then you can tack on top of that. You get to live here and you get to play baseball and win at a high level. I think there's nothing that can, can really compare to it. And that's why I came back. So I think in our five-year plan, it's whatever you can dream of. Like Julia said, man, it's, it's going to be unbelievable. Oh, I'll speak before Sean closes this out. Ain't no better feeling than pouring champagne down your back, baby. <laughs> there is no better feeling than pouring champagne down your back. <laughs> that's that's my statement. <laughs> go ahead, Sean. Because of my OCD, I'm going to go step by step process. You know, we need to. We did it last year. Uh, we were co-champs of the Mountain West Conference. Uh, I still personally feel like we underachieved. I want to get co-champs off of that. We need to win it outright. And that that starts this year. And then do the next step, win the conference tournament, next step, win a regional, get to a super regional. And then from there, the sky's the limit. So that's all they're ever going to hear from from me and the coaching staff is championships. We need to win at a high level. We need to win off the field so that we can be in a good place on the field. One of the things that 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 the players hear me say a lot is if you're sloppy and careless off the field, you're going to play sloppy and careless on the field. So everything that Coach Tarasco was talking about and that we referenced earlier about life skills and some of the disciplines that we're talking about off the field. That's gonna, that's gonna, once we get that into a good place, that's gonna allow us to really excel on the field. And anything short of Omaha and and my time or tenure here, and I don't mean to be this aggressive about it, but it will be a failure. So we need to. Because of the talent that's come through here, the history of this program, the location, it's our job as a coaching staff and, and and as a team to continue to elevate what Coach Martinez, what Coach Gwynn, and the previous coaches here have already established with the history of this program. We now, we now need to uh, push it to higher levels. Awesome answer, guys. Thank you again for taking the time. It was great catching up with you, Coach Cole, and and getting to meet and talk with uh, the three newest assistant coaches on the staff. We look forward uh, to, to the season starting and uh, seeing what uh, great things uh, the, the program will bring. So thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. If I can add a couple important dates for this fall, um, yes. October 28th, we're playing a doubleheader against Central Arizona Junior College. Uh, Central Arizona has been one of the top junior college programs in the country for a long time. I think it was two years ago they won the junior college national championship. So um, we won't take them lightly, but that's going to be a great day for people to come out on a Saturday and watch watch some baseball. And then November 16th, we will have our red and black game and we have some alum former alumni coming out. Uh, they're going to coach our coach the red and black teams so travis lee will be out here uh chris gwynn will be out here anthony gwynn is waiting to confirm his schedule and then james davis uh who's been the longtime granite hills 
high school head coach and also athletic director, former player here at SDSU. Those will be the coaching staffs for the red and black game. Another opportunity for people to come out and, and see the team before before the spring gets going and and also see some some of our former alum. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you again. I uh, look forward to chatting with you guys more as the season gets going. Thank you for having us and thank you for the coverage. Have a great day. episode of the SDSU podcast is sponsored by Mars Energy Cream, the first ever topical energy delivery product. Think energy drink, but it's a lotion. It contains a proprietary blend of natural ingredients, including caffeine, taurine, and B vitamins to provide an energizing boost. And unlike traditional energy drinks and gels, Mars Energy Cream is sugar-free, contains no artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. If you want to try it out, Go to MarsEnergyDrinkCream.com and use the code Andre, spelled A-N-D-R-E, at checkout to receive 15% off a purchase of a 50-milliliter tube. All right, Paul, that was our first multi-guest-at-a-time interview. <laughs> uh, not only was it more than one, it was four. So, uh, mm-hmm. But I thought it went really well. It was really cool to have them all at the same time bouncing, you know, ideas off of each other, thoughts off of each other about some of the various things we asked about. And uh, yeah, I thought it was really cool. What'd you think? No, I agree with you. I, um, I did think it went really well. I thought um, like the chemistry of all of them, I think was very apparent. And I think that really serves kind of the modern athlete and the relationship centered approach to it. So I thought that was really good. What was your first initial? Well, you know, I thought the chemistry was really good. You know, just to side on a side note, I guess without talking about San Diego state, particularly, you know, most of our listeners know I grew up in Los Angeles. I'm a Dodgers fan, but when I got into baseball in like the early nineties, who was the main team? Right. It was the Braves. Yeah. Not only because they were the best team or one of the best teams, they had they were on TBS. Every game I was, was televised. They were on TBS. So it's, it's either them or the Cubbies on WG. Like, I don't even think the Dodgers, every Dodger game was televised in the early 90s. Like, I feel like more Braves games were on TV in LA than Dodgers games at that point. And so I watched the Braves because that was my way of getting into in baseball. And David Justice was like my first favorite baseball player, right? Okay. He was left handed, I'm left handed. You know, I have this affinity for left-handed athletes just because I'm left-handed. But anyway, I remember Tony Tarasco when he got when he was coming up and it was in AAA and all the Braves announcers would always talk about there's this kid, Tony Tarasco. He's like the next big thing. And he was like one of the top prospects in baseball. And so, you know, if you ask 12-year-old Andre, like in 30 years, you're going to be you're going to have a podcast and you're going to interview Tony Tarasco. That would have blew my mind 30 years ago. So uh, I think that was the first cool thing was like, I'm talking to Tony Tarasco. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And, you know, he, before we, we started recording, you know, I, I asked him like if he had played with Brian Hunter on the Braves, because I knew they overlapped in 93, but yeah. I wasn't sure if they like actually played together. And he said, yeah, because, you know, Brian Hunter is Josh Hunter's dad right. on the football team, Josh Hunter safety. And so, uh, you know, it was cool to hear him talking about Brian and his, you know, 
reminiscing about their days uh you know before we started recording obviously but i thought that, that, that those were pretty cool you know first impressions of, of having a chance to talk to tony and and uh the rest of the guys yeah i i think that that's interesting i think we remember um a couple of the freshmen who we've had on the podcast josh hunter and uh, caleb olowski he uh they both talked about um that they were star baseball players as well and yeah. they weren't sure how it could happen but they they both expressed an interest in in being able to play for the baseball team so that would be incredibly interesting if you know as now they're have gotten a full year um plus if you're josh hunter's case if, if something like that is possible so, so other things i thought that was interesting is obviously coach cole has been on the staff for a few years and i didn't know if his staff would have that like that feeling of newness that always comes with a new coach you know that like feeling of hope that feeling of of all of those things that comes with a new hire um because he was transitioning and because you know coach martinez retired um or if it feel like more like a continuation like i think when when um coach hoke took over for um coach long i don't i, I think it really felt like a continuation of, mm -hmm. of um that program as opposed to like a new start i think it really seems like that that newness and that freshness and that hopefulness um of the staff i think is there um and so i thought that was a pretty interesting thing that feeling that i i don't think that you could have gotten another way so i thought that was really interesting um and then i i really like what <laughs> maxwell foxcroft um what he brings to uh, this whole conversation. And, and I thought that, you know, his ability to talk about, you know, as a player, here's what we did, the, the standard of like, like of making sure that everything was done perfectly implied, you know, that that wasn't necessarily there. And then that the expectation for what they need going forward, um, you know, just needs to be higher. And so I thought that was a, I thought he really added to it, um, and you know, not many people don't know this, but he was kind of a, a, a late. They 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 included him in the in the in the um, thing late, just because you know it wasn't someone that we necessarily asked for, just because we didn't know. Um, but I was yeah. really happy that that he jumped on, and and I thought really brought a great presence um, to everything that that went about. Obviously, they realized what the what the issues with the program was, or at least with the team last year, you know, defense, um, hitting, things like that. And I think they're focused on improving those while keeping the good still the good or maybe even making it great. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, they, they've gotten those some nice recruits. Obviously, these recruits that have committed aren't going to be here until next year, but they're setting the foundation and the pipeline for you know, recruiting, development of players. I mean, I think it was interesting when he when he said he was looking at who to hire, he was balancing recruiting versus player development. And he was looking at, hey, look at all the people that San Diego State has put into MLB over the last decade. And so recruiting maybe hasn't been the problem. Right. You know, obviously it can get better. But like player development has. And uh, the, the guys that he hired – are I think where he thinks that player development is going to uh, come in handy. I do think, I think my favorite answer, question and answer was talking, asking Coach Tarasco about 
like off the field and and do that and then him talking about like breathing and breath coaches and things like that and it's like well who wouldn't want to like run through a wall for this guy when he when he's talking about that kind of stuff right so i thought that was really cool yeah no i I thought that was really interesting and again it goes back to i think if there's a if there's an old school approach to coaching and there's a new school approach to coaching right um that new school i think you could really really see where it was i think with with a lot of old school baseball guys off the field is almost like you take care of off the field all i care about is what takes place between the lines you know what i mean like like if your house isn't in order off the field well i'm not coaching you there that's obviously going to affect you on the field and so that person is just going to be better on the field and so they're going to play or if you're, you know, I don't know, whatever figure you can think about who's not great off the field, but can still perform on the field, like, great, that's wonderful too, you know, because um, what matters is between the lines and, and, and the new school approach of, you know, being um, not just a coach of baseball skills, but a life coach and expanding that that way, even as, as important as breathing. And, 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 you know, I think you've really seen, um, I, I think, kind of taking a taking a a page from analytics and the importance of analytics obviously didn't start in baseball or in sports you know it's a business thing that that, that got brought over um but just how every minute detail is analyzed and and everyone tries to pay attention to find that like secret formula literally formula math formula to to getting you know the ideal player out there and and to to really move people along and so just that they're all like aware of that um, and then I, I just, you know, I really like the idea of, and then Coach Tarasco, um, Coach McDo will talk about this, Coach Cole talked about it, you know, these guys kind of developed their baseball philosophy together. You know, Coach Tarasco said, you know, that, that, that Coach Cole was one of the two people who could, and then he talked about the, you know, third wheel guy, they were all with the Padres together. So you could imagine like on the road, some, you know, whatever they're doing and they're just talking baseball and they're saying, this is what we're looking for in this guy. This is why this guy succeeded. This is why this happened. Oh no, it was this, it was this. And then they see this player and they all had this expectation on them and the guy didn't produce like, well, what happened? And they have those conversations together, you know? Um, the same thing with, with, you know, um, Coach McDougal and Coach Cole, um, you know, at Eastern Kentucky, where it's the same kind of thing. They, they have a program that they are all coming up together. Um, obviously, the, the Coach Cole hired the head coach when they were working for USA Baseball, and now he needs a job, and, and they're looking for that. They partner again together. Um, I mean, if you if you want to um, go and just see like a great tribute, the the and what's what spawned the question is the head coach of Georgetown, which is where Coach McDougal was at um, for the last six years, just wrote this like incredible tribute to him on on Twitter, and it was like, okay, well, they obviously have such a great relationship that you're going to talk like that, and then at the same time, you know, he he switched coasts and he came to work with. Somebody that, you know, and so you just can see, you know, those long bus rides in between games that they were at, just talking baseball, trying to figure out like what is what makes for great baseball. And then also like what molds with their uh, philosophy and beliefs and personalities and all that stuff. And the fact that that, you know, really San Diego State gets to be 
I think where a lot of that stuff comes to fruition, right? Where they get to put that into into practice fully and their vision that that they all scripted and figured out together as they were coming up in baseball, um, I think is a is a pretty special like opportunity that doesn't get to happen too much in life, you know? Um, and, and so I, I think I'm really excited to see, to see that play out, to see if there, if, you know, if that's theory that you can actually bring about, or if they're going to figure it out, how the, the stuff that they, when, that they thought when they were younger, how that's changed and grown. And then again, how they're able to teach it and to actually bring it out onto the field, um, for the aspects, I think it's pretty cool. And, and, you know, those opportunities, man, to, um, those opportunities to, to see them play in this semester, um, October 28th. And I think the other one was uh, in middle of November. Yeah. And, and, you know, those opportunities to be able to, 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 to get a part of that stuff. And I know, uh, yeah, I, I think I definitely got to make sure to get, to get out to those if possible. Yeah. You know, the, the schedule is not out yet for 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like last year the schedule was re- re- revealed at the end of October, so maybe we're a few weeks away from having that. But the season starts in like mid February, so mm-hmm. um, right now are the key. You know, talking about player development, it's this is the the the, the time because for that development, when there's no games, obviously they've got those like, exhibition games you're talking about, but um, this is the moment for the new coaches to kind of put their put their grasp on to, into the program and with the play the current players on the roster but you know four months from now they'll be you know playing real games and we'll see at least for this season what what that what that's going to look like you know one thing we'll have to reach out and i mean i was uh we should have asked um around that time that's also when they used to always do the halloween game oh yeah yeah if that's continuing and, and stuff like that into that but um, no, great interview, man, and, and you know, it's glad that we were able to 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 do this and take advantage of uh, football's uh, off week. Um, but uh, yeah, it's exciting time, exciting time for for um, I think San Diego State baseball, and I think everyone is is looking for um, that that potential to 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 be actualized. Um, and and then you know, I, I think you have to if you're around the program, care about the program, want to just be a fan of the program. You know, they're, they're sitting there saying, listen, if, if we don't go to Omaha, like it's a, it's a failure, whatever my tenure is, if we don't go to Omaha, like we didn't get the job done. And I, I think, I think that's a breath of fresh air. Not that the other staffs and things didn't have that, but just that that's the focus. Like day one, like, you know, year one, that, that's what we're, that's what we're aiming to do when you get to Omaha. Yep. Thanks, guys, for listening. We appreciate you guys, as always. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed hearing from not just um, head coach Cole for the second time on the podcast, but the newest assistant coaches as well. Uh, as always, we appreciate your likes, follows, shares, uh, subscriptions to the podcast on your favorite platforms. And uh, we will talk to you guys next time. Listening to the SDSU podcast presented by the East Village Times with your hosts Andre Hagberdian and Paul Garrison.